And when he was gone, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the son himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me just as I told the Jews. And I tell you now, where am I going? Where I am going, you cannot come. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Jerome. Uh, say hello to Liesl Vinay Turner. Uh, she was born August 24th, and she is turning our world upside down. When you're the preacher, you kind of get to show off every once in a while. Uh, not very often, but from time to time, I think the preacher is allowed to show off. So I hope you allow me to do that today as I show off a picture of our baby girl, Liesl. And when you're the preacher's daughter, well, Liesl, you better just get used to the eyes of the church being on you all the time. Well, this morning I want to show you a picture, a few pictures of our nursery. Um, you'll notice in this picture uh, there's a rocking chair. This is where Liesl's tears are wiped away. This is where... Um, she is rocked peacefully to sleep where she is told how much she is loved. The next slide is Liesl's crib. Uh, this is where Liesl uh, can rest easy, knowing that her dad won't let anything happen to her um, and where she can fall to sleep uh, safe and sound. Not only does Liesl have a crib and a rocking chair, but she also has a closet and a chest of drawers all to herself, all the provisions that she needs. Uh, she even has toys that she can play with already. She can't really do that yet, but she has them. All these things for our little girl were meticulously prepared and put into place in her nursery. A nursery is a lot of work. We're working on a nursery downstairs right now, and a lot of you have been working on that. You know it takes a lot of meticulous preparation, and it requires a lot of help. A lot of you guys have helped us with our nursery through gifts and baby showers um, and encouragement and support and advice. So look at this picture. This is a, a close up of the letter L above Liesl's crib. And I show you this picture um, because I want to tell you that Alicia and I uh, legitimately spent over 30 minutes deciding the pl proper placement of those two bows on that piece of artwork. Um, it was kind of ridiculous. So check out these two pictures. Um, these are of Sally Mann's nursery. Sally Mann was born August 21st to Justin and Lindsay Mann. The next pictures are Rhett uh, Strasser's nursery. Rhett was born August 12th to Kent and Julianne Strasser. All of these... Um, Nurseries were delicately prepared with joyful anticipation for the little ones awaiting their new arrivals. Well, in John chapter 13, Jesus turns his disciples world upside down. First, Jesus, their master, their rabbi, their Messiah, he washes their feet. Now, that's kind of surprising. That's normally a job done by the servant, not the master. Next, he tells them that one of them is going to betray him. That's not good news. If that wasn't enough, in the verses that Jerome read, 
Jesus says that he's going to be going away and that the disciples cannot follow. Now, I think this is especially discouraging to the disciples because they've at this point dedicated their entire lives to do exactly what Jesus now says that they can't do. Follow him. They put their lives on hold. They put their careers on hold. And now Jesus says, where I go, you cannot come. I'm sure to the disciples, it didn't seem fair. It didn't seem right. Was this a joke? What's going on here? In addition to all that, Jesus tells Simon, who earned the nickname Peter or Rock because of his loyalty and passion. Jesus tells him that even he will disown Jesus, not just one time, but three different times. So there's a lot to take in here for the disciples, all in this one chapter, John chapter 13. It's kind of a big, scary world ahead of them now, uh, full of betrayal, uh, full of sin and challenges. Jesus tells them that it's not going to be easy. It's going to get harder. Uh, Their worlds are kind of turned upside down. They probably just want to go through a fit, go cry like a newborn baby would. But Jesus knows that this is a lot to take in. He knows that this is a big change for his disciples. And Jesus has compassion. And in John chapter 14, he tells his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So the disciples are discouraged. They're sure they're upset. So Jesus comforts them with these words by telling them that he is going to prepare for them their nurseries. And I think in this scenario, what's true for these disciples is also true for us, that Jesus is preparing our nurseries. Right now. Imagine how much care the Strassers put into their nursery and the Mans and the Turners put into their nurseries. How much more care then do you think Jesus is putting into each one of our nurseries right now? And what do you suppose that our rooms look like? Um, Do you think that you'll have the first letter of your name above your crib in your nursery. Maybe you will receive a new name, a heavenly name from your heavenly father. After all, God gave Abram a new name, Abraham, and he gave Jacob a new name, Israel. And Jesus changed Simon's name to Cephas or Peter, which means rock. We've already discussed that. There's something really special about naming a child. It's a big responsibility, but it's done uh, with hope and pride, hope for the child's future. And God likes to have this experience with his children. He's not going to let us have all the fun of naming our kids. Let me show you in Revelation chapter two, verse 17, Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone, 
with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. So on earth, we have birth certificates, right? They're made of paper. Uh, they have your name on it and they last for as long as the person lives. And then you get a death certificate uh, when the person dies. Well, in heaven, you get a birth certificate as well, but it's not written on a piece of paper. It's on stone and it lasts forever. See, nurseries here are temporary, but in heaven, they're permanent here on earth. What's written in stone is our death date on our tombstone, right? But in heaven, it's our birthstone that lasts forever. I wonder what my name will be. Listen to Isaiah 62. Here God says, the nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. This sounds like the pride a new daddy experiences when his daughter is born. And here in this scripture, Isaiah uh, is, is talking about how God will give the city of Jerusalem a new name and how God will delight in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, but I think what we see here is a close-up uh, picture of God's character and how he feels about his people. And I think that's, well, you can be sure that God feels the very same way about you. You, individually, will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem. In the hand of your God. So church. If the world ever calls you. By a name for being a Christian. Maybe a derogatory term. Whatever it may be. Don't let it bother you. Because remember. God. Has a special name. For each one of us. So who cares. What name the world wants to call you. When God has a special name. Just for you. Well I can't tell you exactly. What your nursery will look like. But I think that I can give you a rough idea of what kind of a place it will be. It will be a kind of place different from the world as we know it. Um, a world removed from struggles and challenges. Removed from Satan's attacks. From the sin of this world. This in Revelation chapter 7 is what the Bible says about the nurseries of God's children. Jesus says, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. It's permanent. Never. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So what Jesus is saying here, here is that in your nursery, you will experience Relief. You will be relieved of all the struggles of this world. No longer will you be tempted by addiction or pornography. No longer will depression come knocking at your door. No longer will you feel shame and guilt because of past failures. And no longer will you be lonely 
neglected or abused by anyone. Can you imagine a life without worry, without fear or heartache? Jesus is preparing this very place where you can find relief. And it's your rocking chair in your nursery. Your nursery will also be the kind of place where you experience rest. Now, I think that rest is one of those words that produces different emotions in different people. You might hear the word rest and think, oh, rest sounds good. Or it might leave you with feelings of longing, like maybe a new dad or mom. Rest. What is that? What is rest? Okay. It's always been God's longing for you that you have rest. Um, I want you to listen to God's words, words to David, which is found in Second Samuel chapter seven. And these words are regarding God wanting rest for his people, Israel. And I want you to also notice that uh, this verse is very similar to the to our scripture in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, I will go and prepare a place for you. Well, these are God's words to David in Second Samuel. God says, and I will provide a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people, Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. God's plan for his people is that they have a safe and secure place where they can rest. Rest, what is that? It's Jesus preparing a place for you to sleep easy, knowing that your daddy won't let anything happen to you. And Jesus' invitation is open from the time that he said it until today. Remember when Jesus says, come all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you what, church? Rest. That's right. So, church, are you burdened? Are you weary from Satan's attacks? From temptations and sin? When you find Jesus, you find rest because he is working on your nursery right now. And he has your crib waiting for you where you can lay down your weary head. Finally, your nursery will be the kind of place where you have a nurturing mother. Now, we're accustomed to viewing God as our father. Like Clark said, I'll be talking about our our oldest father. Uh, Jesus's primary designation for God was father, and he he encourages us to call him father as well. But God has... Very mothering characteristics as well. Nurturing traits that only a mother can have. God's intention for his people is vividly painted when in Isaiah 66, he tells his people this. For this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees as a mother comforts her child so will i comfort you i've been able to witness in the last couple of weeks the special relationship 
that Alicia has with Liesel through the act of nursing. It's a special, matchless relationship. Um, It's a deep relationship that creates longing for one another. Liesel is completely dependent on Alicia for nourishment and well-being. And Alicia is delighted to fulfill this role, delighted to fulfill Liesel's needs in this way. This is the kind of bond that God wants with us. God wants us to be completely dependent upon him for our spiritual nourishment. And God is more than happy. He is delighted. He wants to be that person to be there for you. To fulfill the, those needs, your spiritual nourishment. It's kind of been a struggle for Alicia with her nursing. Hasn't, it's had kind of its ups and downs. And it's because Liesl hasn't really, she hasn't really cooperated very well all the time. And, you know, it's left Alicia kind of sad and discouraged. Maybe a lot of you mothers have had the same experience. Um, and I think this is how God feels uh, in his relationships with each one of us. When we look for something else for nourishment, when we're not cooperating with God's plan, maybe we look to our wealth or to our family or to our friends or whatever it may be for spiritual nourishment. I think God gets a little discouraged if we're not completely dependent upon him. Listen to the prophet Zephaniah and try to tell me that God doesn't covet this type of relationship. Zephaniah says, the Lord, your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. When I read the scripture, I see a mother bouncing her baby, quieting her with her love and singing, rejoicing with singing. God desires to have this type of relationship with you. So remember how the disciples felt when Jesus turned their world upside down. When Jesus said, life is not going to be easy. Um, There's going to be betrayal. There's going to be danger. There's going to be uncertainty. The disciples uh, must have been overwhelmed with fear of the unknown. What is going on here? But Jesus knows God. Jesus is God. And he knows what God wants for his followers. God wants his followers to have relief from temptation, rest from their burdens, and complete dependency upon God. And most of all, Jesus knows that God wants a deep relationship with each one of his children, a special bond like a mother and child. So today I ask you, church, have you ever felt like the disciples did on that day in John chapter 13? Fearful of the unknown. Uh, Your world is turned upside down. Perhaps that's why you're here today. That's why you came to church. Just for a, a little taste of relief. It's a scary world out there, is it not? It's a scary world for Liesl. And I can't say that I never worry about what her life will be like in the future in this world. So for Liesl and Rhett and Sally and all the other children 
in this room and all the children of God in this room. When life is hard, when life is tough, remember Jesus's words and keep them close to your heart. They're still alive today. They're still active. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If you're a Christian today. And you're struggling in your walk with God. And you're here hopeful to just to get a taste of relief. Just a little bit of rest. And to be encouraged to be more dependent upon God. Let us love on you. Let us pray for you. We're going to sing an invitation song and, and you can come forward. We will pray for you. We will encourage you. If you're not a Christian today. And you would like a birth certificate of stone that would last forever. And then Jesus preparing a nursery for you, if that sounds good, we can baptize you today. You can become a new Christian. Um, you can be dependent upon God. You can have an everlasting home in heaven. So whatever your need, please come as we stand and sing.